0: Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a joy to be here in Canada in spring, isn't it? This is my first spring in Saint Catharines, and I'm still kind of waiting for it. It's green. It's green, but I don't know about you. Did you buy your your outside, your your annuals already? Did you buy them? Because I bought them, but I'm afraid to leave them outside. So I'm putting them outside in the day, and I'm bringing them in at night. So I'm an indoor-outdoor gardener, depending on the time of day. Uh, But I know it's coming. We have faith, don't we? Summer is coming. Spring is around is around the bend where I'm enjoying the blossoming of the trees. Have you driven through Jordan and around through the fields lately? I'm learning um, which trees are blossoming, but the, the apricots blossomed first, I believe. I'm learning about uh, what it looks like here in St. Catherine's in the spring. So I am loving it. And I look forward to being warmed. I don't know if you noticed Margo, when she came up to here to pray, she was brown. That's not from Canadian sun. That was Cuban sun that, uh, that she's been enjoying. Today we're looking at James chapter 4, and we're going to see what uh, James says about the future. How do we face the future? And Canadians have always been forward-looking. We've been preoccupied with the future. It's amazing how many people try different things to plan their future. Uh, Tea leaves and fortune cookies. Some people read their horoscopes every day to to plan their day. There's a very popular book out right now that teaches you. It says, change your life, change your future. Um, It's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Change your life by organizing your world by a lady called Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. What did she say? You need to find your bliss or something? Find spark joy by throwing out all your junk. So it's interesting. Change your future by throwing out your junk today. Uh, There's another top ten book right now, Uh, David. You have this one called Eat That Frog. And it's, uh, it's based on the saying that if you eat a live frog first thing every morning, you'll have satisfaction of knowing that it's probably the worst thing that you'll have to do all day long. So first thing in the morning, eat that frog. It's a picture of prioritizing uh, your life and doing what you need to do. Uh, do the hard things first, and then all the easy things will come afterward. And it's um, it's about changing your future by making decisions now by eating that frog. And I am not recommending that to anyone. You can read the book. Um, interesting. Um, how do we as Christians plan for the future? How do we relate towards the future? How can we be sure that our focus is on the right things? Um, How do we plan for our future for ourselves, for our families, for our kids, for our marriages? What did your mother teach you about the future? Did she have any wise sayings? Here's one. Happiness is something you don't postpone for the future. So be happy today. How about this one? Education is a passport to the future, Did your mother say that one to you? Education is a passport for the future. I don't think you said that one, Mom. No, I don't think you said that. My mother, when she's mad at me, she calls me a doofus. <laughs> and when I'm really bad, she calls me Robert George Patterson. If you get the three names, just run the other direction. Here's another mom saying, The future belongs to those who prepare for it today. Have you heard that one? Wise saying future belongs to those who prepare for it today. Well, James teaches us a little something about the future, and he says that there's three errors that we commonly make, and we're going to look at those three errors as we plan for the future, things we need to be aware of. And he illustrates the first error with a conversation between some business people. In verse 13, we drop into the conversation, and it goes like this, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that city, Spend a year there, carry on some business, and make money. Now, is there anything wrong with with any of that? With saying that today or tomorrow we'll go somewhere, It, it looks like here's the business plan. When are we going? Today or tomorrow? Where are we going? To this or that city? How long? It says, well, we'll spend about a year there. What will we do? We will carry on business. And why will we do it? We will do it to make money. Does that sound like a good plan? Sounds like, Castler, sounds like a good plan to me. Go somewhere, make some money. The Bible doesn't condemn the making of profit. The Bible talks a lot about planning. Um, In fact, uh, it gives us all sorts of encouragement to plan well. The problem is that if we plan without God, our plans are for naught. So we look at James. James says the first error we make in planning is planning without God. Planning without Him. There's not a single mention of God in this entire business plan that we just looked at. He knew what He wanted to do, He knew where He wanted, how He wanted to get there, where He wanted to go, but He didn't check it out with God first. Uh, so the Bible speaks in many places about planning well. Luke 14 28, no person goes out and builds a house without first considering how much it costs. You don't go out to build a house unless you know how much it's going to cost. James isn't talking about not planning. He's talking about planning without God. There's nothing wrong with what he did. All of the plans were fine, but what he forgot to do, what did he forgot to include? Christ in his plans. His attitude was of self-sufficiency. And you know, we Canadians, we are very self-sufficient. We shovel our own driveways, we fix our own cars, we fertilize our grass and we cut our grass. We're very self-sufficient. We've got what we need to do what needs to be done. And this is the attitude that James is talking about. You can be, you can be a believer in Jesus Christ and forget to include God in your plans. Yes? Have you, have you done that? Do you know what it's like just to move ahead and and really not to think about how this impacts your faith, your life, your family? I know that there are people who love the Lord with all their heart, but when it comes to planning their business, their education, their love lives, they are practical atheists. It's sad to meet someone who says, I believe in Jesus and I love God, but then acts like God doesn't exist. They don't involve the Lord in their planning. It's as if that Jesus is alive and well on Sunday at church, but we leave God at church because this is where he belongs, and for the rest of the week, we get on with our business. And this is the error that James is speaking about. So what's the solution? Well, the solution is including God in our plans, in our goal settings. Verse 15 in our scripture said, Instead, you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this and we will do that. If it is the Lord's will. Have you ever made plans that fell through? Have you ever made plans that didn't work out well? I don't know. There's a thing called Murphy's Law. If things can go wrong, they will. Have you ever uh, experienced Murphy's Law? I think all of us. If things, if things can fall apart, count on it, they will. Right in the middle of life is if. Life can be quite iffy. David, you have the life and if. There you go. I just wanted to to see it. It makes more impact if you see it. In the middle of life is an if. Life is iffy. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know. You don't know. It could snow. No, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. It's going to be a beautiful day. I Tomorrow, of all things, I'm in one of the hot spots of Canada. I am going to Canadian Mennonite University in Winnipeg tomorrow. I'm going to the hot spot of Canada to study. This is the last thing I need to do. I'm studying Mennonite history and polity In the beautiful tropical warmth of Winnipeg. Lord willing. And if WestJet flies, and uh, Sarah and I will be in Winnipeg at this time tomorrow. Planning without God is presumptuous. Lord willing, we'll be in Winnipeg. The starting point for facing the future is to say, God, what do you want me to do? And God, what do you not want me to do? James says we should begin all of our planning with the phrase, if the Lord wills. God willing. Whatever God wants me to do, that's what I want to do. It's just a reminder. James is reminding us, always ask, what does the Lord want me to do? Now, here's an interesting thing. Christians, hundreds, uh, hundreds of years ago, used to, after they wrote their names on anything that they wrote, they would put the initials D. And V, and that stood for Deo Volente, Latin for God willing. So you would finish your letter, you know, I pray that we'll see you when summertime comes. Love, Pastor Rob, D.V., Lord willing. Deo Volente. And James says this, this ought to be our response to life. It's okay to plan. In fact, it's a must. It's okay to have goals. It's important. But God needs to be included in our plans. And once we've made these plans with God's help, with the Bible, with our family and our friends who help us make our decisions, we say, Lord willing. Deo valente. Proverbs 16.1 says, we may make our plans, but God has the last word. Proverbs 16.9 says, we should make plans counting on God to direct us. I wonder if we should stop praying, God bless what I'm doing, and instead we should pray, God, help me to do what you are blessing. God is doing fantastic work in our lives and in our world, and I want to be a part of what God is doing. Planning with God is our first error. You overcome it by including God in your goals. Including God in your planning. Secondly, the second error that James mentioned is presuming about tomorrow. Taking tomorrow f- for granted is sort of like assuming that we're going to live forever. Verse 14 and 16 say, why, 14 to 16 says, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. As it is, you boast and you brag. All such boasting is evil. Now, there are a couple reasons we shouldn't presume about the future and assume that we have control of tomorrow. And that's because, life, firstly, life is unpredictable. We don't even know. None of us knows what's going to happen tonight, much less next year. I was over at the hospital doing some visitation. I get a text, and it says... John's in the hospital having his, his appendix taken out, or he has already had it taken out. So I was already in the hospital, so I, I scooted up to John's uh, room, and there he was. Uh, uh, I don't know how much an appendix weighs, but you were, you were less that much as you laid on the bed. We, and that was so unpredictable. Just the week before we'd been, John and I had been in the hospital doing visitation of someone else together. And then, in the blink of an eye, I'm in the hospital visiting you. My prayer is that you will not be in the hospital visiting me next week. <laughs> Who knows what might happen in Winnipeg? You know, those they have big mosquitoes there. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, many of us work in... Uh, we work on commission. In our businesses, you... you you eat what you kill. And so we work on commission, and some weeks are great weeks, and some weeks are bad. Farmers, some years are good years, some years are bad. You just never know what things are going to be like. So we need to live one day at a time. We plan, we, we prepare the soil, we plant the seeds, but we can't boast because we don't know what will happen tomorrow. Nextly, Secondly, life is brief. We are a mist. You know the word I love teaching you a little bit of Greek. The word for mist in Greek is, uh, is, is atmos, where we get the word atmosphere. We are but atmos, a mist. Life is a fog, and it's, every morning it rolls in, and we wake up and we begin our day. Now, interestingly, some of us are here today who have been told, you know, you don't have long to live but you proved the doctors wrong. Some of you were told years ago, you know, that uh, you, don't, you don't have long for this world, but you, you've proven them. You've proven medical science can be wrong because here you are today, alive and well. The Bible describes our lives as a leaf or as grass, as a flower, a cloud, a puff of smoke. I like that one, or a vapor. Each of us are one heartbeat away from eternity. I don't know how long I'm going to live. There was a day I was laying on the bed with my, I I had my heart attack. I didn't know how long I was going to live. But it seems like just yesterday I was playing with Lego. And today I have no hair. It, life seems to go so quickly. I'm a mist. My life is going by so quickly. I need to live it and presume that all I have is today, so I'd better live well today. I am going to go to my mother's for lunch. I'm going to live boldly. And <laughs> No, my mother's a good cook. My mother's a good cook. But... Let me encourage you, my beloved church family, go out to lunch with someone you love today because we don't know if we're going to be around tomorrow. Go out and tell someone you love them. Call your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Call them and tell them you love them. We don't know what tomorrow holds, so let's enjoy today to the best of our ability. Matthew 6.34 says, So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. That was a beautiful. one day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking of you. One day. I'm not going to worry about the future. I'm going to take my life and my faith one day at a time. Plan for the future, but we can only live today, right now. I can only live today. Do you know that today is the good old days when we look back 15 years from now? We're going to look back at those good old days. Oh, remember those days? Tim and Emily were going to have a baby. Now they've got six. (laughs) That's not prophecy. That's not prophecy. Who knows? You look back on those days before you had children, before you had grandchildren. Today today is the best. Today is the future. And we'll look back saying, oh, those were the good old days. The good old days. Let's make the most of now. Put our trust in Christ. Put our future in his hands. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. King David put it this way in Psalm 35, 15. He said, Lord, my days are in your hands. Let's put our life in God's hands. Let's not make the mistake of planning without God, presuming that tomorrow is ours. Instead, let us include God in our planning. Let's make the most of today and let's live one day at a time. Now James mentions one, the third thing, the common error, and that's putting off good today until tomorrow. He writes, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do or she ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. James, talking, he's talking about procrastination. I'm intending to do it, is the procrastinator's cry. Have you ever been with someone who's always planning on doing something? and they never do it. Have you ever met that person? Here, here's a, here's a, little, a little poem. I think we have it for the screen. A little poem. Here's a poem. Procrastination is a struggle. It causes me such sorrow. I know I ought to change my ways. In fact, I will. Perhaps tomorrow. <laughs> Procrastination. Doing... Not doing what we should do, but putting it off till tomorrow. James says it's a trap. Just because we know the right thing, doesn't mean that we're going to do it. Have you ever known the right thing to do, but somehow you never got around to it? Have you ever done that? We usually think of evil as something that you do. You murder. No, you don't. But you talk about murder, cheat, lie, steal. These are called sins of Commission. We commit sins. It's things we do. Sins of commission. James is talking about another kind of sin called the sin of omission. We omit it. It's not doing the things we should. I can do nothing and sin. Because there are things that I ought to do. Procrastination is a subtle trap. It's the land of someday I will. One of these days, I will. But what if you don't have tomorrow? One of these days, I'm going to get serious about my faith. I'm going to get really committed. What if you don't have tomorrow? God says you don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. None of us. So tomorrow starts now. What are your plans? What do you need to do? Do it now. Do not withhold, Proverbs 3, 27, 28 says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it's in your power to act, do not say to your neighbor, Come back later, I'll give it to you tomorrow, when you have it with you now. If someone comes to you and asks you for a favor, don't say, Come back tomorrow, come back later. Don't procrastinate. If you can do it now, do it. This is what Christians do. We do good things for others, we take care of our others, and we do it now. Do you remember the story of the the he was the landover the wealthy landowner who gave his three servants talents, gold, money. Three of them, one he gave, he gave to one man one talent, to another one five talents, to another man 10 talents. He left them and he came back years later. He brought all of the gentlemen, those three people, to him and asked them to show what he'd done with the money. The one who was given five talents brought back five more. The one who had been given ten talents brought back ten more. The one who was given one talent brought back one talent. What did he do with the money? Do you remember the story? He buried it in the ground. He buried it in the ground. And the landowner said, at least you could have put it in the bank and I would have got some interest on it. And the servant says, "No." then he says to the servant, you wicked servant. Why was he wicked? Because he did nothing. He buried it in the ground. By doing nothing, he was doing an evil thing. Doing nothing with your life is an evil thing. God gives us our life to make it count. Whatever you intend to do for for God, for Christ's sake, do it now. Not next week, not next month, not next year. Are you thinking about inviting your friends to come to church? Do it now. Thinking about getting involved? Do it now. How about those 15 laws for leadership course we're starting it uh in a couple wednesdays from now why don't you take the course you're not too old and you're not too young seven weeks you might it might be great for you sign up marriage night we're having a marriage night on the 24th two saturdays from now friday it's a friday night thank you rodney it's a friday night um why don't you cancel whatever your plans were and come to this? Your marriage is worth it. Your husband, your wife, they're worth it. Come and let's, let's enjoy an evening together at marriage night. And Rodney says you don't have to be young and you don't have to be old. You can it, it's, it's for everybody. And the speakers are world class. Doing it now, thinking about something. Are you thinking, are you planning to do something that will bless your family, bless your wife, bless your kids this summer? Well, please do it. Do it. I was just looking at my phone, and Rodney wanted to put in a little shed in the backyard of his house. And uh, he showed me some pictures of the boys with a half-built shed. And then a couple of y- uh, hours later, he showed me a picture of a fully-built shed. Are you glad you have that shed finished, Rodney? I- I'm, glad you get it. I'm glad you have it done because your dog is going to be as big as a horse. And when he grows up, Rodney bought a puppy, and every week he's growing. Um, And so he needs this shed so he can put the puppy somewhere else. Um, Plan, pray, and just do it. There's a, a sports company, and their logo says, just do it. Just do it. Don't wait. The gospel according to Nike. Just, according to Nike, just do it. Right now, God is saying, you know what the good thing that you should do? Just do it. Today is the gift that God has given you. Let's live it well. Amen? What are our plans for the future? Let's put those plans in our loving Lord's hands. God is interested in our life. He made us. With a lot of help from our mothers, I will remind you, He made us and He used our mothers to bring life. Have we talked to God today and thanked Him for our mothers? Have we talked today and thanked God for our businesses, for our careers, for our husbands and our wives, for our investments and our money? Have we talked to God about our life, James is saying that none of us have any right to plan our lives as if God doesn't care, because he does. God says live each day and each week as if it were your last. Live for today, plan for the future, and do the good you ought to do today. And when God opens up that opportunity for us to serve him, And to share the love of Christ with our neighbors. Let's remember what Nike told us. Let us just do it. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Pray this prayer in your heart with me. Father, maybe some here this morning have never opened up their lives to Christ. Father, we pray that you would help us today, those who do not know you, who need to put their lives in your hands, Father. Help them to just do it today. We thank you, Father, that you loved us, that you lived and you died and you rose again, and you call us your children, and you call us to follow you, and you say, put your lives in my hands, and I will help you to live abundantly. God, we need you. Jesus, we love you. And you made us for a purpose. Father, show us your purpose. Thank you that today you welcome us. Thank you that today you're ready to save us. Father, we did not come here today by accident. Today is your day. So today we say yes, Lord Jesus. We want to serve you. We want to do what you want to do. Be in our plans, in our homes, in our families, in our marriage, in our business. Father, be in all of us. And Lord, as we're thinking about our futures, help us not to plan without you. We want your plans in our lives. We want your will to be our will. And help me, Father, to live one day at a time. Help me to plan for tomorrow, but to live abundantly today. Father, your word says that God will take care of our tomorrows. We don't know what the future holds. So we confidently put our lives in your hands. We put our future in your hands. And Father, some of us are thinking, Lord, help me to stop putting off what i know i have to do maybe it's to get involved more to serve you better maybe it's to help others with a problem maybe it's to change a career maybe it's to restore a relationship i don't know your hearts but god does listen to him today don't procrastinate say in your heart lord help me to do what i know is right Give me the strength to do it, to just do it. Father, I thank you that you're here today. I thank you for your presence and for your word, your practical word that applies to our lives and areas where we really need it. Help us to trust more and not to depend so much on our own abilities, but to realize that you hold the keys to the future. And when our life is in your hands, it's the safest we give you our lives thank you for listening for any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors please visit scottstreetchurch.ca